Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Nellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and queer. I'm Pan Trans Lebanese, and we're recording here in Houston and DC today. Hi, everyone. This is going to be a fun episode. It will be lighthearted. We're going to catch up. We're going to ask each other some silly questions. You went back to work today after some time off. Yep. Uh, this is basically two months off and i am back to work and everyone was happy to see me and it was kind of great yeah was it was it hard to go back to work so like the first month and a half was really great but after that i was kind of like getting antsy and just wanted something to do Mm. that was kind of social and work is kind of social so i bet people were happy to have you back oh my god i got so many welcome backs people were just like i basically had like a small line of people in and out all day just being like hey ellie welcome back I missed you. Where have you been? And I'm like, and you didn't send meat. And the standard reaction was, what? Good so line. Did you? I, uh-huh. I don't know. What, they didn't know what to really make of it, I think. Did anyone know what you meant? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Like, except for the people who were actually on, a, on my Facebook. Nice. Did you remember how to do your job? Because I know, like, if I'm off for a week or even two, I forget a lot of key things for a sec when I come back? It took me a little while to remember specific non-documented shit, but mm-hmm. shockingly, I even remembered my password. My password rotates every 60 days, so. That's impressive. And then I had to immediately change it. Well, I am so, happy it went well. It and... did. So my question for you is, you seem to finally be settling in Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, how are, how are you feeling about that? Like... Have you got your routine back? Have you got your life back? Oh, uh, yeah. I know, like, moving disrupts shit. Yeah, you're right. Moving is very disruptive. It definitely um, makes it hard to have a routine for a while. But I'm getting back into a routine I'm doing. I have a pretty consistent work schedule, pretty good aerial schedule. I, for anyone who doesn't know, I take aerial silks class, and I finally started getting more of a regular routine with that and that's been definitely helpful in I don't know helpful in getting me to feel like I really live here. I have friends here who I knew a long time ago and getting to hang out with them again after all this time has been great. Speaking of hanging out after this recording I am headed straight to the train to go meet up with my friend Nibal who some of you have heard from on this podcast and we are going to go see the band the muslims who some of you might know about they were at yellow punk they they're fucking badass they're from north carolina check them out if you haven't i am instantly jealous i i love the muslims muslims are incredible and i didn't know they were in dc until like i think two days ago when nabal told me so i'm very excited we're going it's gonna be a late night and we will be coming home irresponsibly late on a work night, and I'm excited. Good. So, yes. If by any chance anyone here hasn't heard the Muslims, check them out. They have some great tracks that are, you know, some very political. A band name called the Muslims, and they're not political. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, I wish we could have, like, the Muslims could have been a non-political identity or band name. Good point. Uh, yeah, so they're a punk band. Their stage banter is amazing. It is. They have such a good presence. I hear a cat in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my roommate's cat, y'all. She is a whiny little bitch. What is she whining? Is she trying to get in your room? She's wanting her mom. 
And I'm not her mom. Is her mom there? No. Aww. She's not home yet. Uh, yeah, that, and I'm mad at her because she broke into my room. She literally busted down the door. How is that possible? It came in. The, the latch doesn't work very well on the door, so she just can run up, runs oh. up against it a few times and it knocks right open. Oh my god. It's a little terrifying. Like, what in the end? I heard like a like a loud bump against my door, a second loud bump, and a third loud bump, and the door just kind of flung open. God, that is and then scary. This like little, sh- and this little shadow just scampers onto the bed. Oh my god! For everyone who doesn't know, Ellie is allergic to cats, so that's why the door is closed, or at least like attempts to be closed. <sighs> what a little have to bitch. Put, like a deadbolt on this cr- on the door to keep the cat out. Oh. All right. Anyway, let's ask each other some like fun cues. So, can I start? Go for it. All right. If you had to eat the same dinner for the rest of your life every night, what would you pick? Ooh, um deep-fried macaroni and cheese balls. I mean, it's you can do so much with that. You can do with like multiple kinds of cheeses. You mm-hmm. can you know, do different kinds of breading. Plus, it's just really fucking delicious. Would you... Okay, since you're having it every single night, would you add anything else to this dinner, like other types of nutrients? Maybe a salad, maybe... I don't know, something to go with oh. the macaroni balls? Oh, we're talking like a complete planned meal? Uh, a I, full meal, yes. Ooh. I should have specified. Well, if I wanted to cheat, I could just say tacos, because you can just put anything in tacos, but... That's smart. You could put you could put macaroni balls in tacos if you really wanted. Oh my god, I I want that to be a thing now. I, oh, terrible idea. Tacos, where the where the main protein slash stuffing is the ch- macaroni and cheese balls topped with spicy mayo, mm-hmm. and I want to see a butternut squash and tofu mix that's fr- also fried. That sounds delicious. Okay, because How about you, what's your well, I want to... What's your forever meal? Sorry, before we move on to me, I really... I, I have some follow-up questions. We're going to talk... We're, we're talking full meal. So I'm going to include... I've decided to include a beverage and a dessert. So what would be your beverage every night and your dessert every night? Ooh, so dessert. Um, that's easy. Bread pudding with ice cream on top. Nice. Okay. How about um, beverage? Hmm, that's actually a lot tougher because I could say, you know, lambic, or mm-hmm. which is a kind of very sweet beer because, of course, I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's go with lambic because just just lambic beer. It's just basically wine that's brewed like beer, so it's extremely sweet and fruity, and therefore it is like the one beer I like. And if you haven't had it, folks, get it. It's good. It is good. So my meal is going to be... I'm going to have to pick something kind of boring because it's going to have to... I mean, not boring, but it's not very exciting. However, when I was vegan for three years, I feel like I had this every few days anyway, and didn't get tired of it. So I think having it every day would be doable. So tofu and mushroom stir fry. I don't know. I, I didn't define the rules of this question. I don't know if we can like mix up what we put in the thing that we say. If we could, every night I would put different vegetables in it. The I mean, the base would be tofu and mushrooms. And then adding different vegetables every night, probably with a splash of soy sauce and sesame seed oil usually, or just a little bit of um, olive oil and salt and pepper. And I just feel like I'm going to cheat and say that you can vary 
the recipe every night of the thing that you label, which is kind of what you did with the tacos. So that's my answer. As for a dessert, honestly, I think I would get tired of any of the same dessert item aside from a variety of fruit, which is kind of a cop-out, I know. And then for a beverage, I would go with water because again, with any other beverage, I would get sick of it and would not be able to enjoy it for the rest of the day. So like for breakfast or lunch, and I don't want to fuck it up for either of those meals. So I'm going to pick water. So it won't be like, oh, I have coffee every night. Therefore, I never want it again. Never want it for breakfast. And having coffee in the morning is a religious experience. Therefore, I wouldn't want to fuck that up. Okay. I'm just going to be very happy with my coffee coffee atheism here. Fair. I don't believe in coffee. (laughs) I respect your freedom from religion. Okay, what's a question you have for me? All right. If you had to live in one video game, one video game or literature world forever, which one would it be? Video game or literature? Shit. I'm gonna go with the first thing that popped into my head, which is Yoshi. Yoshi's Yarn World. That if anyone hasn't seen a picture of it, it is on the Switch, the Nintendo Switch, and I I could definitely see myself thriving in that environment. I can definitely see a knitted Alia. Yeah, I would be knitted and everything around me would be made of yarn or felt or whatever. And I encourage everyone to look that up if you haven't seen a picture of it. Just type in Yoshi's Yarn World and you will understand why I picked this. That is Um, an incredibly fluffy and adorable world. Yeah, everything around you would be soft. I mean, I just feel like that would be a very nice change of pace from the hard ground that we live on. What's your pick? Oh, this one's hard. It's like, do I want something beautiful and desolate like Zelda and Breath of the Wild? Or do I want something like Harry Potter where I can just sort of like do magical shit, but also kind of fuck off and do real world stuff? So many options, but I'm going to have to say Pokemon because I can do this whole adventure shit with, you know, monsters Anytime I have a problem with something, with some evil corporation or political person, I can just march in with my six monsters and kick everyone's ass for change. Mm-hmm. Or, but it's also tech advanced enough where I can just say, nah, screw it. I'm going to go to the coffee shop and play video games. It's nice to have a variety of places you can go in the world, in your world. Yes, my world has many worlds. And like, I really kind of want to say like some sort of like pseudo fantasy medieval world, but I'm also like, man, those things suck. There's no bathrooms. It's There's always some sort of apocalypse happening. It's awful. All right. I have a question. Speaking of video games and worlds and shit, that made me think of like a boss fight. So let's say you're about to get in a boss fight um, in your world. What song would be your soundtrack every single time? I want something like that's really over the top or or kind of cute. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out and say "Hopes and Dreams" from Undertale by Toby Fox. It's a very cute. hopeful, very high flying chip tuny song, and mm-hmm. it's definitely hero saving the world stuff. Okay, and cool. that would be my you know marching into the boss and be like, mm-hmm. "Yo, how about you? What's your?" I'm going to kick everyone's ass boss fighting song. Um, it wouldn't be what one would think as a, of, as a fighting song, but I just love the song 
Dressed in Black by Sia. That song can evoke many different moods for me. I don't get tired of it. I listen to it all the time. I would pick that song just because I like it. And if I'm going to be getting in many boss fights, I want it to be a song I don't get tired of. And it, mm. and it like... So it, what would you... It gives me energy when I listen to it. Like it's upbeat enough where I'm like, it would give me energy, what you need if you're going to fight. What would be your song that you would assign to me? Can't use my answer. Oh, wow. We're going to say... You go first. I'm going to have to go... If I were to give you a boss song or for you to kick ass to, I would definitely say um, The Giants 7. It's basically... I've always interpreted it as a lesbian love slash I'm going to protect you song. Oh, nice. Okay. I'll need to listen to that. Definitely. Let's see, for you, I'm still thinking... I don't think I've ever asked her a question that has distressed her as much as this. I know, I'm gonna edit out all this pausing. Oh my god. Okay, you know what I would pick for you? It's not necessarily... Mm. Not necessarily an artist that you listen to, but I, I think it's fitting for fighting someone. It's by Billie Eilish. It's a bad guy. Ooh, the lyrics, I already like this. Yeah, the lyrics are like, So you're a tough guy, like it really rough guy. Just can't get enough guy. Chest always so puffed guy. I'm that bad type. And I don't know. I just feel like you're kinda, you'd are kind of you be kind of taunting the boss. Being like, you think you're so fucking bad? Well, I'm the bad bitch. Yeah. So that's my pick. If you can punch one person in the face, no consequences. Who? Mm, oh, God. MBS. Uh, How about you? And, oh. What? I was about to say, and hard mode, no Trump. Okay, MBS, uh, ooh, perfect. MBS. Uh, for those who don't know, Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia. How? Uh, what's your pick? For a lot of reasons. Um, for me, ooh, this one's tough. I kind of want to say, I mean, I could always go with Mitch McConnell. That's a safe pick. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Joe Biden just because he's been, like, revealing himself to be extra douchey. Oh, shit. It's like, hey, you're supposed to be better than this, and I am severely disappointed in you, Joe Joe. And then it'd be like, bump. Oh. Yeah, Joe. Screw you, Joe. <laughs> I guess, like, with even uh, worse people, you want to do more than just punch them. Yeah. Okay. Let's say, since you are... Ooh, um, there's and that old professor dude on Prager University. It's like this conservative uh, educational channel. Mm-hmm. And they always say, like, this really fucked up shit. Oh, okay. That person's on your... At the top of your punch list instead? Yeah, because I feel like Biden's too easy. Okay. What is a skill that you don't you don't have any experience in, but you wish you did and you might explore at some point? Definitely my Arabic skills. I have no skill in Arabic and I need to get better at it. And I want to, but I'm also so fucking lazy. Hmm. Uh, I also wish I could draw, but I'm not a, I'm not a drawing person and I'm really bad creative at creativity stuff. So I'm like, well, I can do anything I want, but it's just like, um, shit. Now I have no idea what I wanted to do. It's like when you have the entire infinite spectrum of things you can draw or create, I kind of get decision paralysis at that point. As for me, um, yes, Arabic is up there. Another thing that's always been in the back of my head since I was a kid was hot air balloon piloting. So I think that would be something... I would like to do before I die is learn how to fly a hot air balloon. Why? I don't know. I've never even ridden one, but 
I've just always been very drawn to images of hot air balloons. I used to help set them up just because I wanted to be around them. Like one of my old coworkers had a side business where he piloted them. And unfortunately I moved before I got in all my hours that would earn me a hot air balloon trip. So that was kind of a bummer. It was just the timing, but I got to like set it up and <laughs> chase them and like, I had to run to people's farms, farmhouses, and knock on their door and be like, hey, is it okay if a hot air balloon lands in your, on your property? And uh, everyone said yes, except one person. Um, the people who said yes, like, like, all, all ran out with cameras and stuff. And it's like, decide quickly, because they're coming down. Yeah, thankfully with hot air balloons, you know, they take their time. So if, you know, we could give warning if someone was like, so the one time someone said no, we were able to like call up to the guy and to the pilot and be like, hey, can you steer to this other place? And then we went and asked another person and that person said yes. And they were oh, all excited. A little nerve wracking though. I guess the person who said no was seemed very upset. And I, I was worried that it would escalate more than it did. But I think we de-escalated it pretty well he he just thought you know he was like, like why you nope, sorry, like who bye. are you all do you ever think about the damage that you're causing when you land and it just wasn't a good fit but it did not get as intense as i was afraid it was about to so uh, those people are the worst there's like did you even think about all this that's like no we're just trying to land a hot air balloon i don't need you to chew me out okay your turn for a question to ask a question Ooh, that leads into my next question nicely what is your pettiest grudge Ooh, oh, I love this question. Thank you. My pettiest grudge. Um, I have so many grudges. I mean, like people I would call my enemies. I feel like we have serious enough of issues where I wouldn't call them petty. I need to think about this. There was this one time when, and you remember this, when a former friend was in my apartment along with some other friends. And she was texting, she was texting people in the apartment about each other and gossiping through text oh my God. about each yeah, other. This. So I kind of have I a remember grudge. this and it was so fucking awkward. It was so weird. And anyway, so I still have a bit of a grudge about that because then she gaslit me. Anyway, we are no longer friends. I don't trust her. It's kind of petty at this point because it's really like, I'm better off not around someone who I can't trust um, and who pulls something like that, but I'm more... Okay, this is the petty part. She disinvited me from her wedding after that. Not a wedding that I wish I had been at necessarily. It's just the fact that she turned everything around and disinvited me. And the petty part of me is like, what the fuck, bitch? You did all this shady shit and then, then you topped it off by disinviting me to a wedding. So that is the, I think that's the pettiest part of my grudge. Okay, you go, your turn. What's your petty grudge? Oh man, this is hard because I don't, I don't, I don't really keep grudges, do I? I don't think you're the type who keeps grudges or like, or like thinks of anyone as your enemy. But do you have anything at all? Well, there's this one bar that used to be like this really historical place in Houston. And then like somebody bought it out and redeveloped it into this like bougie as fuck restaurant. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there's two places like this. There's Okay, so in Houston, there were two bars, Mary's and Chance's. Man Mary's was like this historical gay bar that was like around and basically a social center in Houston during the height of the AIDS crisis. 
mm-hmm. and like people's ashes were scattered there and shit. It was like really an important community center, and then they redeveloped it to a fucking Shake Shack. Fuck that. And Chances, which was Houston's biggest lesbian bar, which was basically five lesbian bars, mm-hmm. like just mushed together. They tore that shit down. I am so bitter about that. Aww. And because of that, and I refuse to go into the Shake Shack now because it's like, even though I know like the current owners had nothing to do with it, it's just, and I'm pretty sure their food's all right. It's like, no, fuck that. Yeah. This this place used to be a fucking monument, and look what you do with it, assholes. Oh, fuck that. But this is this is what happens when you get old. You like look at historical places that you used to go mm-hmm. and get all bitter about what it became. So yeah. Oh, and don't even get me start started on Lobos. Lobos is this uh, was this gay bookstore in Houston mm-hmm. that closed. It was Aww. like gay bookstore slash porn store slash cafe, uh, and it closed. and And I am super bitter about it. You knew about this one though, like when we went to the bookstore in New York, that one queer bookstore. Yeah. And basically, me and the uh, the clerk there were just sort of dishing on it. If you could jump into a a pit or a pool of any anything at all, what would it be like? You could say a huge pit of chocolate chips or like something that you really like or that you would enjoy jumping into. Oh man, like the easy answer is like a pool of jello. That would feel but amazing. I, or like a pool of half melted chocolate ice cream. You know, when it's like that nice soft and runny state. That'd be literally cool. Ha. I would jump into Ooh, okay. I really like drinking those beverages with floating aloe vera. So I would just like I would want a whole pit full of those aloe vera pieces. I think that would feel really amazing to jump into. And also, it would probably leave your skin feeling really fucking soft. If you had to meet one historical figure, who would it be? Mm. I'm going to have to go with Party with Oscar Wilde. Oh, cool. Just sort of like, just be like, sit in the corner and talk shit about everyone in the room, making mm-hmm. clever comments. And just like, I'd just be like, oh my God, I am partying with history's sassiest queen. Nice. I think I would go chill with Mary. I guess I would want to know, like, what she really went through, and I would just want to talk to her. And just, like, learn about her as a person, hear about her personality, her... Because she's always talked about as the mother of Jesus, but we never get to hear about, hey, what was her personality like? What did she like? What did she... I don't know. Who was she beyond being Jesus's uh, mother? What would she want to jump into a pit of? What kind of petty grudges has she maintained? Exactly. I mean, she had her own life, but everyone, you know, talks about her in proximity to Jesus and like who she was to Jesus. To Jesus. And I'd be like, you know what? We're going to oh, not God. talk about your son for a while. And we're going to just talk about you. Get to know you. As Ooh, a badass can I woman. My answer now? As a badass woman. Yeah. Can I actually change my uh, question now? Or my answer to the question? Yeah. Because I just thought of a better answer thanks to you. This one's going to be a little obscure, but it's going to be so cool. Julie d'Aubergine, which is, uh, she was this Paris opera singer um, born in 1673. And she basically learned to fence and duel Ooh. and basically spent her life going around um france Mm -hmm. 
stealing women from their men, dueling the men and killing them. Whoa. And she once um she once took the holy vows to become a nun to steal this girl from an opera, from a nunnery, faked her death, burned the place down and ran off with her. Amazing. On that note, I have to go. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so I, I hope that inspires you to go burn down a nunnery. Thank you for that. Um, I, on that note, I'm going to go meet Nabal, then we're going to go see the Muslims. And thank you, Ellie, for this Q&A. I am glad work went well for you. And anyway, everyone can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Queer Arabs. Check out our website at thequeerarabs.com. Reach out to us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com. Um, and thank you all for listening. Please rate and review us on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Pretty soon we're going to get back. We're going to come back with some episodes with guests. For now, it's Ellie and me. We haven't had many with Ellie and me, so you know, for quite a while. So it's, it's been nice to have a few weeks of that. Bye.